0: Hi everybody, Mike Hancock here, chairman of the Circle of Excellence Group, co-founder of Worldwide Business Intelligence. Today we are going to be talking about your avatar and you know this is such a simple thing in many respects uh, but it's also such a complex thing because I don't think enough people truly pay attention to this and You know, I get asked often from people, what are some of the mistakes that people are making in entrepreneurship? Well, mistake number one very much is that, uh, you know, people don't know who they are. They know exactly what they do, but they really don't know who they are. So with that, you know, you can't run a business. You can't make a difference on the planet. You can't service your clients unless you know truly what's inside you. So that's why the definition of conscious leadership is not about saving the world. It's about going on that incredible journey within you to find out the true essence of yourself. But with that said and done, then the next thing is, you know, people don't know how to sell, people don't know how to market, and people have no idea who actually they should be marketing to. Now, there's a reason here that I kick this off with with this session on the avatar, with neurologists make more than general practitioners. There's a reason for that. The more that you can specialize, the more that you can niche, the more that you can bring something down in your industry, the more successful you're going to be in absolutely the majority of cases with a rare exception. Okay, but that rare exception is the one in a thousand, definitely not the one in 10 or even the one in 100. So what I want to do in this session we've got today is before we get into questions and throw things backwards and forwards, I want to give you some some real opportunity to have a, a good look at basically what's happening in the world of avatars, how to select them and who you should be talking to. So let's jump into this. So firstly, we have the demographic, which is really the position that somebody's in at the moment. So that covers a whole range of things, many more than I could put on this page, to to be honest with you. But essentially, you know, it could be the person's age, whether they're male or female, or as a friend of mine from Melbourne said to me the other day, um, the AFL, which is the Australian Football League, now have 18 different classifications of of sex of player. Good old Australia, okay, Um, you know, so you have to have all these different classifications now, but that can be an amazing demographic fine-tuned avatar for you, where you actually are working, if you're in some field that this is relevant to, with a particular new type of sexual attribute that somebody has. Then, of course, there's religion, and there's many different religions around the world, and and, you know, from people who are the, the mainstream religion, uh, religions, Muslim being the biggest on the planet, Christianity being the second business, to some of the very smaller uh, religions on the planet as well. Uh, animism is one of them that's, you know, people are becoming more and more attuned to that. Then there's industry. And, of course, there's many different industries, titles, uh, your managing director, a uh, customer services clerk, who are you, your experience, your education, the list goes on and on and on. So I think here what your objective is and my objective as um, self-employed business people is we really want to tighten up our demographic. So I'll give you some samples of how we do that later on. But if you start looking at a lot of different things, you'll start to realize that some of the demographics can be really strange. For instance, Um, when I was very young and running my financial planning company, I realized that part of my demographic in my ideal customer was that they had to be sports nuts. That meant that they were either probably running triathlons, um, you know, going to the gym every day, or they were mad one-eyed supporters of their favorite football team. And they all wore their, you know, scarves and, and jumpers on Saturday when that team played. And it was strange when i looked at where i was making the most money it was with people who were crazy about sports so don't only think that a demographic has something to do with this obvious things like age and titles and all of that sort of stuff i mean literally here i found a picture of a muslim science lab operator so that to show you that there's a market out there for exactly these type of people, for certain products and services. So don't ignore the demographic. But the demographic, if you looked at um, an avatar, to me that's like 40% of the recipe of the avatar. The next 60% of the recipe sits inside the psychographic. And the psychographic is all about people's attitudes, their aspirations, and more importantly, what sits behind them, which is their why. So why they think in a certain way. More importantly, what their value system is that drives them to be a certain way. Their imprints, meaning the way in which their lives have been shaped by what they've been exposed to, whether that exposure has been um, through their education, whether that exposure has been... Uh, through previous jobs, through friends, parents, etc, etc. Doesn't matter. But that, those imprints uh, are really imprinting us down to the foods that we eat, down to where we like to travel, down to our political views, etc, etc. Then, of course, there's their feelings. And we definitely shouldn't underrate their feelings as well, because we want to make sure that You know, people feel a different way, a certain way for a different reason. And of course, their dreams as well, meaning their aspirations, if you like, what they want to become when they grow up, what they want to leave as a legacy. All of these things are really important parts of us in the human experience. And I don't think that we, as a general group of entrepreneurs on this planet, pay enough attention to the psychographics of people. So I chose this photo because, you know, this guy's a dreamer and, you know, he's, he's planning big things. He's, he's relaxed. He wants to be chilled out. You know, he wants to be part of the new world. He's dressed, you know, very modern, etc. He lives in a big city. You know, he has such a way of seeing, he has a way of seeing the world and your marketing is only going to attract him if you, Marketing chooses the right words, phrases, images, et cetera, that are going to attract this type of person, if that's what you want. So, for instance, if I look at Mike and Landy's demographic and psychographic, here it is. It's primarily entrepreneurs. Those entrepreneurs are, generally speaking, over 40 years old they um want to make the world a better place they are conscious meaning that they're not just out there to make money and to you know have the latest toys in their garage they have a real legacy that they want to leave um they're caring they want to grow and develop people they're legacy focused so a lot of our avatar And for those of you that have come in and see we've got Elmo on the call, you resonate with me as somebody who came in through our mastermind process. If you look around the room, Elmo, in that mastermind, for example, you'll see why we didn't select certain people in that room. Because just by having them in a room and seeing how they turn up, seeing how they ask questions, seeing how they interrelate with the group, we go, they're not in our tribe. We don't want to work with them. doesn't mean they're not nice people. doesn't mean they don't need us, but we choose not to work with them. And when you can have that sort of choice, um, that walkaway power, that's the most important thing. And I, I honestly think that for us as entrepreneurs, we are so busy because we think we have to get the next dollar in that we're not focusing on the core avatar that's really right for us which means we constantly walk past tens of thousands of dollars trying to make a dollar and constantly work past potentially millions of dollars just trying to make the next dollar. And some of you know this story and I'll just do a little aside before we get to the next slide. Back back when I was actually financial planning and I was running a financial planning company, I had about, I don't know, 15 people I think that worked for me, I, I was about 25. Um, and uh, no, 24 and we had a competition and the competition was every every Friday whoever had the least sales had to buy the first round of drinks at the pub but they weren't allowed to drink their drink until everybody else had finished their first round and of course some people drink really slowly so because it could take half an hour, 45 minutes. So it was a fun little thing that I introduced until the time that Mike, was staring down the barrel on Friday morning of having the least amount of sales of all of his team. So what did I do? I quickly went to somebody who I'd spoken to once or twice, but, and I talked them into buying from me, which got me from you know the person who had to buy drinks to the person who didn't have to buy drinks that day. That probably cost me around about $800 tidying that problem up with that problem client that went on for months and months and caused me so much anguish because I went and just sold something because I had a need. And yet us as entrepreneurs tend to do that. We tend to go, oh, there's a coach. I'm selling to coaches, so they're a prospect. No, they're not. That's a demographic. They have a psychographic as well. So the more you can start to think about the way that your clients feel, what their attitudes are, what their aspirations are, and most importantly, what their why is, why they do what they do, why they're they're striving to get ahead, why they're looking for somebody like you. That's when you're really going to make a difference. Let's move on. So I'm going to give you three steps here. Step number one is you have to know you. And so that means that you have to know who you like who you don't like, and what your own personal value system is. You know, it's rare these days, but occasionally it happens that I end up on a call with somebody and I just go to myself, this person just does not share my value system. And so then I've either got two choices. I've either got to get them to share my value system, which means educate them or go through that process or open their eyes to something which quite often is the right way to go, or I've got to eject them out of my life as soon as I possibly can, which sometimes is the other way to go. So, but you can't do this. You can't make a decision on the right clients to take on board until you know you and your own value system, which is why if you're a Circle of Excellence member, the very first exercise in in Circle of Excellence around clarity talks about values. It's so to get you really fine-tuned on that GPS, at least three values, which are your boundaries and your borders, if you like, that are your unwritten rules and, and nobody should cross them. And so the minute you know you very deeply and you know what triggers you, you know what you love, et um, etc., et cetera, et cetera uh, then you'll absolutely understand whether you want to work with somebody or not and you know there's, there's people on this call and I, I can think of one of them and I, she'll laugh when she hears this that um, you know I could definitely work with this person I actually really enjoy her so does Landy she's a fantastic individual but when she brought a partner on board I couldn't work with the partner so it was obvious to me so it was an, we were at an impasse until we could find a way around that. So, you know, you have to be true to yourself because if you're anything but true to yourself, you're going to open yourself up for a world of problems. Now, there's natural questions that sit within you at the moment as you're hearing me speak. And the natural question is, Mike, that's okay for you. You know, you and Landy are at a certain level. I'm still building or whatever. You know, I'm not buying that. Here's the deal. The minute you do this work and the minute you know who you're after, um, then you can immediately eject everybody else. So we've got some business masterminds coming up. And Nicola, who normally does this, is on maternity leave, as some of you know. And while she set all of this up for us previously, now um, what she set up's run out. And I decided I'm going to run two more masterminds. So before this meeting, I've been on LinkedIn Sales Navigator personally inviting people to our masterminds, and I look at every single photo and everything about them. I've chosen the demographics. Now I'm I've got the demographic list. I've got uh, I think fifteen hundred people that I'm focusing on that I'll invite over the next uh, you know week, and um, and I'm going to do that personally. I've sent uh, about eighty I think this morning in about forty minutes just before this call. Um, and I'm taking my time. I'm looking at every photo. I'm looking at the energy of the person. I'm looking at a bit about their background, the words they're using. And I'm making, and I got to tell you, even on my list of people in my target demographic that I can get easily off Sales Navigator, I'm ejecting half of them. Half of them aren't getting invited for all sorts of reasons because I'm really focusing on knowing me. And I actually invited a person and I went, oh, my. Now, if that person comes along and now you're going to have to have them in that room and now maybe they're even going to want a strategy session with you, uh, how are you going to get out of that? And I thought, is there any way I can delete this invite? And I thought, I'll let it go. Just be more attentive next time. Okay, so the way in which I think, and this is a fundamental mindset change, is that you're not searching for clients. If I can install this in you, You don't need clients. Clients need you. And if you can have that imprint installed, but with humility, not, oh, I'm so freaking good, clients need me, not with that sort of attitude, but with the attitude of, I don't need clients. Clients need me. I'm helping people. And I can best be in my greatest power when I'm helping a certain type of person. And that certain type of person has this demographic and this psychographic. Then if you know that about you, then you're very well set up for success. Let's look at step two. Step two, you have had a natural success in your past with certain types of avatars, but you probably don't realize it. So the reason I chose this photo is maybe you've had success with very spiritually, physically connected people who love the great outdoors, love water, love the elements, love to meditate, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe that's your person. Maybe when you look at this and I would tell you, if you had a business for any longer than about a year, do this exercise. Here's the exercise for you. Go and study your top 20% of earnings, where your top 20% has come from. So I'll give you I'll give you an example of that. Um, you know, many of you know we talk about Antam, um, Sri Amas International Schools in Malaysia and now throughout Asia. Um, and, you know, she's been a client of ours, one of the earliest Circle of Excellence members, a client before that. So our relationship goes back 15 years. You know, when I look at Anne and I look at the money she spent with us, which is a lot over that time, um, you know, well in excess of 100,000 and less than a million. So to give you an example, and I look at that, 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 that sort of money and I go, right, so that's obviously in our top 20% of clients. Then I look at what makes up Anne. What's Anne about? Okay, she's an entrepreneur. She has a much bigger picture. She really wants to leave a legacy. She's incredibly conscious. She's very spiritually evolved. And I start to look at all of these things. And I go, okay, let me look at the second person. Hang on. The second person, they have just the same attributes as Anne. And then I look at the third person. Now, one of those people who's, spent over $100,000 with us, has a part-time job, and is a part-time writer. So, But she too has all of the same aspirations and beliefs and everything as Anne. She's just doing it differently. So when you look at where you've had natural success, you'll realize that if you analyze your existing clients and take the top 20%, and I'm talking income earners, You'll also find these people have caused you the least problems. They're the most pleasurable to deal with. They're always very conciliatory. They always go out of their way. They always do what you tell them, et cetera, et cetera. They're actually like the perfect people. So those people are your people. You've had a natural success with them. Let's look at step three. Those existing clients are your best marketers. So if you look at an an, Guess what? She's sitting there having a conversation, overlooking water, spiritually, forests in the background with one of her friends who is exactly like her. So all you have to do is ask your Anne, who are the other Anns that you know, and she'll start introducing them. So, you know, if I simply look at Anne and Circle of Excellence, there are probably at least five to 10 Circle of Excellence members that have been introduced from Ann, And guess what? Every single one of them is an amazing person. And none of them have ever been a problem. They've always been a pleasure to deal with. And all of them have got great results, et cetera, et cetera. Because your existing clients are your best marketers. But more so than your existing clients, your existing top 20% of clients are absolute godsend, amazing marketers. For you so you need to nurture that because most of you are not in high volume business you're not trying to churn widgets every day you know i was talking to one of my friends about the belgian waffle house in strand and they have 800 customers on average a weekend go through the waffle house you know that's a lot of waffles they're doing very well they just bought a new house in europe but um You know, most of you on this call are not selling waffles. You're selling services and they're fairly high ticket prices. So you're looking for maybe in a year, somewhere between 10 and 100 clients. That means your existing clients are your best marketers. And so three steps, get to know yourself, do some analysis of your existing client base and the ones that have made you the most money, you'll find they're the easiest to deal with. I'd be very surprised if that weren't the case, unless you've really set your business up poorly for a long time and you're now 15 years in and and you've got this this bugaboo hanging around and that's going to need a major shift. You need to talk to Mike and Landy about that. Um, And then look to those existing clients as your best marketers. Let's move on. So where do these people hang out? Someone already has... Your avatar, the exact people that you're looking for as their own clients. So I chose this slide because yesterday I was talking to somebody from Melbourne, Lee, and they were telling me that they want to deal with the chairman of Fortune 1000 companies. That's who they're targeting. There's their niche. It's a demographic, not a psychographic. So they have 1,000 prospects because there is a Fortune 1,000. And each of those 1,000 has a chairman of the board of directors. So they asked me, where do these people hang out? And I said, these are the type of people that hang out at private clubs. They're involved in high-ticket sports like polo, NASCAR racing. you know." And I said to them, Philippe, you'll understand this. They're in Melbourne. I said, you need to become a member of the RACV club of Melbourne. That is where all the high-ticket people who are chairman hang out. How do I know that? Because I used to run events at the RACV Club, and I met people like the chairman of um, BHP Stilton, et cetera, um, there. I met those people there. So I know they hang out there. I'm a member of Kelvin Grove Club in, in Cape Town. I'm a member of Northern Club in New Zealand. So I know people hang out at these places. So somebody already has your clients the exact people that you want. It may be a certain accountancy firm. It may be a certain insurance brokerage. It may be a payroll company. It may be a business coach. It may be a gymnasium. It may be a magazine subscription, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All you have to do to access your clients is start to build relationships with these people who absolutely have your client base. And you know, you have to be really clear about this because some of the people who you may think have your client base actually don't have your client base. And, you know, you might think our client base is entrepreneurs. It's actually conscious entrepreneurs. I've done plenty of joint ventures over the years with people with big entrepreneur lists and not done too well about, with it. Reason why? Our stuff may seem um, less transactional and more fluffy to them. So these are the type of people, most entrepreneur lists they have people who go, you know, increase your LinkedIn numbers by 10,000 today, add 10,000 people to, to Pinterest, um, learn how to use TikTok to further your business. We're not about any of that. So, um, so therefore, when I come in with a more conscious message, it doesn't resonate with those type of people. I actually get a better standard of entrepreneur going to spiritual gurus who happen to have entrepreneurs that sit inside there because they tend to be more conscious. Indeed, the famous RACV club in the CBD. Uh, Matthew, one of the heavy valuations that put universities on the top of the list is the huge amount of students they can reject in applications and still keep their doors open. That's exactly right. I mean, you know, Harvard's not looking for students, Cambridge is not looking for students, uh, Richard Branson is not looking for employees, Google is not looking for employees, right? they know exactly who they want and they groom them in the same way that i'm suggesting you can but you're not looking for all the people that they're looking for either so it's very very easy for you so your your job here once you've identified your core avatar is to look at who already has these people as clients so i'll give you a quick story some of you know it but when Landy had her consultancy business she did zero marketing she did have a website, didn't say much on it. Um, she had a very successful business, and she literally had it tied up through through three people who had her clients. Dumi and Pucky had all the B-E-E business in South Africa wrapped up, and they loved her. So they gave her all the business that was in her area. They charged the client and they paid her. Simple. Sean had all the manufacturing industries in South Africa and up into Africa tied up, he gave Landy all that business. And JJ had all the mining companies, and he gave Landy all that business. Lundy didn't need anything else because they already had the client relationships. She just groomed them, and then there was a Sophia, and she had probably more the um, the retail type of business and the media. That's where, where Lundy got uh, Thomson Reuters from, was... Uh, was from a referral from Sophia. So, you know, four people in fact, were were her whole business. So was she hedging her bets? Yeah, if one of them fell away, she might lose a quarter of a business, but somebody already has your avatar as their own clients. So here's some questions I want you to answer. And these, uh, you don't have to put them in the chat. I think you should think about these. Maybe you want to take a screenshot at the end of this. And, uh, you know, answer these questions yourself, maybe give these some more thought than just on this call. First question, what demographic and psychographic makes you the most money? Now, you might say, actually, off the top of my head, I don't know. Therefore, you've got some work to do. Or you might say, Mike, I'm like you, I exactly know the demographic and psychographic. Boy, is my spelling wrong when I did this. Look at psychographic. A, I left the, the capital D off demographic and I've got psychographic. So goodness knows what that is, but you get the picture. So, okay, let's move on with number two. What type of clients are already a pain in the behind for you? So you've got to look at your clients realistically. Let's look at the ones that are really causing you problems, that get you to work too hard, that are constantly asking you for things etc etc do they fit in a certain type of demographic or psychographic as well and if they do then what are you going to do to get rid of ever having to deal with those type of people again you know could you outsource that could you deal with them differently number 3 where did your top 20% of clients come from this is a very very interesting question as well you might find that out of all of your marketing efforts, and you know, Michael um, and uh, Linda Grobler, I know we have you on the call today, and I know that Landy's been talking to you about some of your energies and where you're putting your focus at the moment um, as early as this morning, because I heard a voice note that she left for you before um, she left uh, to, to get on with her day today. So where are they coming from? Some of us are spending inordinate amounts of money and time because somebody told us this was the right thing to do. But actually, most of our great clients come from somewhere entirely different. So, you know, don't focus on your weaknesses, focus on your strengths. If you work on your strengths, you end up with stronger strengths. If you work on your weaknesses, all you end up with is stronger weaknesses. They rarely become strengths. So therefore, your top 20% of your clients Maybe they all come from referrals. Maybe 80% of them come from referrals. Maybe they all come from Facebook. I don't know, but go and have a look at that. Next, how much energy are you putting into the bottom? And I was kind here. I wanted to put 80%, but I really said 50%. How much energy are you putting into the bottom 50% of your clients? And when you look at that, if you took that time and invested it in accessing the right people who could open the right doors so you could get more of your top 20% of clients, wouldn't that be a better use of your time? Providing you know your um, core avatar, the demographic and psychographic or psychographic of it. Question five, if you were to start your business all over again, brand new, would your client acquisition strategy be any different than what it is now? Would the way you go about this be any different? And if so, what would be different? And then if you can isolate that, my question for you to, to do after we've finished on the call today is actually go and do this. If you're you know listening on our podcast, then you'll have to write these things down. If otherwise you can take a screenshot, what demographic and psychographic makes you the most money? Two, what types of clients are a pain in the behind? Three, where did your top 20% of clients come from? Four, how much energy are you putting into the bottom 50%? And five, if you were to start your business all over again, would your client acquisition strategy be any different? So with that Pareto's principle, the 80-20 rule. 20% of your clients, as Matthew says here, are going to be 80% of your revenue. (laughs) Sarah, I love this. Most of my pain and behind clients are friends or people I personally know. So much hard work. It's a great learning for you. Okay. So, you know, one of the ways to do this is to, you know, when friends approach you, is to say, listen, you know, we're too close. I don't have the right relationship with you. And I don't want to, I don't want to go across that relationship. We've got plenty of friends that we don't do any business with. And we just say we don't want to, we don't want to have this relationship in our friendship. So I think that's a good one. So Pareto's principle, 80-20. What's the 20% that can work for you? The more that you can think about this. And I started this call today by suggesting to you that between now and the end of the year, that you really focus on what you can do for the next 12 months. And if you happen to be listening to this because it's in our information hub or in our archives in 2024, in January, then simply ask yourself the same questions what can work for me a lot better when I start spending 80% of my time focusing on the top 20% of painless, high-income driving traffic into my business. Not listening to anybody else, but only listening to what you've done in the past and applying these principles to what you've done. Not what somebody yapping at you online tells you what to do, or even your coach as well, focusing on what you know works for you and then maybe discussing the best ways to go about that with your coach. And then with the bottom 80%, maybe you want to keep them, but can you take you out of the equation? Can you remove you from the seat where you have to deal with them? Can you have somebody else dealing with them? Can you have them in a program where they're in a group for instance? And that way you don't really have to deal with them much at all. Can you have them in a DIY where they do everything themselves? What can you do to take yourself out of the equation um, with that? So there's some poignant questions for you for today. I'm going to stop the, uh, the share there and uh, let's go to any questions, anything that people want to throw around on avatars. Let's just let me go to my gallery view here so I can see you all. Feel free to raise a hand, make a comment, um, disagree, throw something in, or um, ask a question. Who would like to go first? So I saw the hand go up. Natasha, great to see you. What would you like to ask or share?
1: Hi, Mike. Hi, everyone. So I... Um I've had a little bit of traction. I was interviewed and also wrote an article and then did an event talking about uh, alleviating burnout, which has been on the rise, particularly in professional women. And I was very surprised to see that over 100 people um, rsvp to attend the event. Right. Uh, Um, I've run into an issue with converting. And so I've rescheduled to try to figure that piece out. However, I had an aha moment as you were talking and thinking about how I can look through the people who RSVP'd and start to think about uh, my avatar from that perspective. And I just thought I'd toss that idea out there to you and see what you thought about doing that?
0: Well, I think it's great. Uh, you know, one of the things that that I personally do when I've got a large group that I'm working with is I send the group um, to a questionnaire before they meet with me. And so that way on the questionnaire, I already know from the questions that I ask, you know, who's in my core avatar and who's not. So, and what I do tend to do with the people that are not in my core avatar is I, I, I write to them and I suggest to them, hey, uh, it'll be it's different every time depending on the group and where they've come from, but um, hey, I would love you for you to uh, join one of our um, group one-on-one sessions. So what I do is I don't one-on-one them in any way. I put them in a group with six or seven other people, give them some value occasionally. I'm wrong about a person, a really great person jumps out of that group. And then other people, they either get value, they buy something small, they move on with their lives or or something like that. And I've provided a service. And I quite enjoy that because it, um, you know, when I look at sales statistics, you know, a lot of people have a typical sales, you know, statistic of uh, 10 interviews, you know, three pitches and one sale type of thing. Um, That's definitely not you know, my sales statistics. And one of the reasons is because I'm only talking about, um, talking to, uh, you know, people that I actually want to talk to. So I would think with your list of 100 that you've got here, if you can drive them into some sort of questionnaire, whereby you can look at the questionnaire here and say, look, here's the golden group of 10 of these that I really want to embrace and work with, that's going to serve you very well. Okay. Next question. I'll just read Elmary's while I see Philippe. I'll just go to Elmerie first. see you, Ian. Um, When I did my client avatar, avatar, I realized they are much bigger than I anticipated, but these are the clients who approach me and I enjoy working with them. But now I have severe imposter syndrome. Is it natural? Absolutely. So just, you know, harden up. (laughs) That's the best advice I can give you. You know, you'll soon get into a flow with these people once you've done 10, 20 of them, where you just go, oh, this is just where I am now. So I don't think that it's really, uh, yeah, I see you laughing. I don't think that it's really uh, an issue. You've just got to move past that. So it's great. Uh, Philippe, then Ian, then I thought I saw another hand up, but we'll get to that soon. Okay, Philippe. Yeah, um,
1: it's more a comment than a question, but uh, I remember when we started working together, Mike with Landy about three years ago, my avatar was quite broad. It was just about
0: entrepreneur, which attracted a whole kind of uh, um, difficult clients to say something nice. Um, And now that the avatar definition is much um, clearer, there's a lot more clarity. It's so much easier to find them and it's, almost, it's so much easier to also build any content or do, you know, so I just want to highlight the, the work that has been done with you uh, around the clarity and the avatar. I think that's, that's really fundamental. Thank you so much. And, it's, um, you know, it's as much a high five to you too, because, you know, so many people don't fear that if, <clears throat> if they move away from the masses, that they uh they don't get anything and you've broken that code ian let's go to you
1: so uh mike i just wanted to reflect uh, two big insights from uh your session this uh, today uh the first is i think for me the I've realized suddenly that the psychographic is probably 80 percent and the demographic 20 percent. And I think that's big. aha. you put it at 60 40. But I think I think that has inspired me. Um, Another insight is you've been speaking to me for years about getting uh, referrals. And I think I focused my referrals on, um, you know, who do I think has got money and who can they, you know, they kind of know me and they could refer me. And this idea of what are my top clients, and I've got three at the moment that are just astounding financially and um, in terms of their personal growth and and their development. And one of them actually approached me recently to say, how can he help introduce me to more people? You know, so I, I think I've just had it wrong. I've been focusing too much on where is their money and not enough on who are the right people because the right people will find the money.
0: Well, that's absolutely true. I mean, you know, I've had people sell their motorbikes to pay for things and, you know, borrow money off their friends. And they're always the most successful people, strangely enough. But, Ian, I think you're right. Um, your world is now open to a new way of doing things. And uh, the truth shall set you free, my friend. The truth shall set you free. So that's great. I look forward to that. Natasha, do you have your hand up again? Because um, it's, it's still there.
1: Oh, just
0: need to put it down. I'll do that now. Okay, cool. So uh, let's typically go here. Matthew, uh, sometimes boutique services business are a great way to go. Personally, we aim towards 10 clients a year for a start. Um, I Ironically, we've yet to start uh, demographics hypocritically. I can't work that one out. And then you say... What do you think about outsourcing avatar standards? For example, we value positive change over money, and we'd like to use the UN GP Sustainable Development Goals as a benchmark. Would that be diluting our individuality and in standards, or is it better that we can associate with international standards, uh, kind of how there are ISO certificates? It's a great question. Um, I would say your your UN sustainable development goals is a demographic. And there, you need to apply a psychographic to it. Um, Not all politicians want to make the world a better place. Not all business leaders want to make the world a better place. How many movies have you seen where the charitable person is actually the evil villain? So there's a reason for that because it's true, right? So I would suggest that... um, You know, having spent the last 15 years on two global boards of two foundations and met a lot of people with agendas on that, plus the Speaking Association, many of you here have been on those boards. um, I would suggest that, you you know, people have agendas and reasons for being on things which may not be in line with your value systems. So I think what you've got there is a demographic. Now look to making it a, a psychographic. Mary, your hands up. You're on mute.
1: Yes, thank you. (laughs) um yeah I've I've realized over since being with y'all here um I've realized that something that I had sort of just dismissed
0: as a way to help find the right clients uh or and in the beginning it was just to make money like to uh have a voucher out for certain intuitive readings and things like that Uh, yeah I'll get some here get some there oh it's a big pain oh it's
1: not getting me anything but when I sat back and I looked, it was making me more business than the targeting that I was doing with the, with the uh, business, working heading for more to the business people. I was getting way more clients from that. And so I've really started cultivating that much more. And I'm getting a better quality of client, which is they're ready.
0: They're ready. Absolutely. And it, it's so interesting because there's so many things that you can do today, which people don't do. For instance, you know, if you go to like, you live in Dublin, there's certain suburbs, as you know, in any city that have the right sort of people for your business living in them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm in South Africa at the moment. So Somerset West is one of them. It's, it's full of the right sort of people for, for our business. And, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm surprised, you know, how many people that we get that are aware, you know, either used to live in Somerset West, went to school in Somerset West, or are moving to Somerset West. And, you know, in, in Auckland, there's certain suburbs as well. So I would almost letterbox drop those suburbs. Yeah. Because that, that way you're me. getting... Because, you know, you're doing something. Everybody else is emailing them. You know, when was the last time you actually got something in your post box from somebody? So, you know, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So if you pick the right area, you pick the right four blocks and test it, you might actually get a phenomenal result. Um, okay. okay, great. Uh, let's go back to the, the comments here. Linda says, starting with the right intent will have the money flows. So true. Sarah... How does the 80-20 work? Does that mean focus on the 20% who bring in the most income? Sarah, it means um, the 20% who bring in the most income will ideally have very, very similar things about them. And you'll probably enjoy those people the most. Um, So if I look back at my financial planning days, you know, all of those people were between age 35 and 45. I was young, I was in my early 20s. But they were 35 to 45. they were all married, had two kids, at least loved sport, all entrepreneurs, small business, turnovers at that stage between 200,000 and 500,000. All of them had staff. They're the ones I made the most money off. You know, so why would I bother trying to get anybody else who I'm typically not making money off, if I'm making the most money off here and I'm actually really enjoying the people. And it's funny, you know, because right back in those years, um, I changed my brand to a management consultancy business, but we made most of our money out of financial planning. But these days I realized it was actually business coaching. So I was actually making a lot of money business coaching and then getting a lot of commissions from financial planning, all with the same groups of people who led me on to the same group of people. And I remember my statistics from them. They're a little different now because we work differently. But I worked solely off referral back then. And my sales statistics were um, 11 phone calls, 10 meetings, 10 sales. So I never missed a sale. And if I did, then the next person I'd sell two things to. So it was weird. So, um, you know, this 80-20 thing is really about focusing on where the – it's the sweet spot in your business. It's the bullseye in your dartboard. And, you know, you've got to know what numbers are on your dartboard and and who's there for you to be able to actually hit that. And if you don't know that, then you'll never hit it. And unfortunately, 90% of people don't know it. And so they never hit it. Colleen, I'm going to go, Mike, any videos on your hub on best way to use LinkedIn Sales Navigator or perhaps a future Zoom topic? Um, The we can do it as a future Zoom topic. It wouldn't be till the new year because our Zoom topics are all planned out for this year. Um, but there is some videos in the hub on using uh, some sales navigator type processes. But I would suggest uh, just jump on a call with me and I can share that with you, no problem. Uh, great insight on Matthew's question. Thanks, Linda, that's nice. Um, Robert O'Brien, the, that 10 out of 10 sales performance, that's excellent. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was at the time. But that's thanks for that. Okay, any other final questions uh, before we be, before we say goodbye for today? Because we have a very special guest next week who's actually on this call. Can't see any hands up. So here's my final saying for you for for, our, for today: is that um, take the time between now and the end of the year to really think about who you really want to work with. Remember that, you know, you don't need clients, that people need you. And that there are actually 8 billion people on the world. So, you know, finding them is not that hard. And with all the social media and everything we've got today, we've got much better opportunities to find exactly the right people that we want. And look at, to find the right people, look at where you've had the most success currently and where you really enjoy your sweet spot. And somebody already has your audience. And the more you know you, the more you'll know if there's a values match, which I think for everybody I'm looking at on this call is the most important thing to have with clients. I see so many unhappy people who don't have values matches with their clients. And uh, that's it. So if you can install a few of those things, I think you'll have a very successful 2022. And it's a really good building block for it. Next week, uh, we have Philippe Guchard. Um, as our guest speaker now, Philippe, Ian's clapping there. And this is going to be phenomenal. So Philippe, we're really looking forward to to hearing from you next week. We'll put out the topic uh, in the next day or so. And uh, I look forward to seeing each and every one of you on a regular Tuesday call, starting at 9 a.m. South Africa time. We do record these, so we put them up later if you do miss them as well. And uh, we'll catch all of you later and have every success this week. Catch you around. Bye.